Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm your host, Ryan Schockner, along with Cheney Robinson. Good morning. And today, man, I'll tell you what, we have got a treat. Uh, I can't, I say this a lot, but you know, this is really, this is one of those because Richard and I have become really good friends over, you know, this last year and a half or two years, or um, I don't know, time flies, right? But Richard Jurgen is with us, right? Richard is a highly sought after transformational keynote speaker who uses his life experience and powerful storytelling to inspire his audience. Richard is no stranger to overcoming adversity. He had to overcome being a supreme athlete to enduring a critical car wreck that had broken his neck, gave him a concussion, and he had to learn to walk again, right? I mean, so football player to learn to walk again. This traumatic event temporarily stripped Richard of his mobility and changed the trajectory of his college football career, but he still found a way to push past the pain and surmount the rigors of obtaining his bachelor's degree shortly after he secured his master's degree. And now he Richard uses his adversity to propel him, affording him an opportunity to be awarded uh, the Brian Piccolo Award in college football. So that's a big deal when continuing his college football career after all that, right? So this accolade is awarded to the individual who exemplifies courage, loyalty, and commitment to redefining leadership. Today, he is a thought leader in the sports industry and a well-respected professor at Clemson University. And Richard has also uh, also a career development coach, public speaker, corporate trainer, life coach. And his belief is regardless of the title, the mission is to change lives one encounter at a time. Richard, welcome to the show. Ryan, Shani. Thank you all for having me. Um, it's an honor and it's a privilege to serve on this show today. You all, thank you. Hey, I've got to summarize this, right? Because, you know, we've, and we've had, you know, dinners together and we've, you know, we've cut up over recruiting stories and all that kind of stuff, but I've got to, I've just got to paint this picture for everybody. So four-star recruit uh, out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, right? Top 20 in his position in the nation as as a uh, high school recruit, probably higher than that, right? Because how do you really, I mean, you got to get on the field and you're doing some damage, right? So so probably higher than that. Decommits from Notre Dame, right? So this is no dummy, right? I mean, he was committed to Notre Dame and then commits to Clemson. And this was, you know, they had some success, but this was during the time where that all gelled. Right. Where they had I mean, they had, if again, the Pat McAfee, they had dogs on that team and it gelled and they proceeded to win two national championships, conference championships. Uh, all I mean, all that stuff, the, the bowl games that go along with it and all that sort of stuff. Right. Pro dreams. And then all of a sudden that opportunity is gone. Car wreck. Right. He had to learn to walk again, broken neck, all that sort of stuff. C- couldn't play on that level. Right. And so you were, you had to process all of this while in school um, and, and still being around the guys. Right. So, you know, that's very, very difficult. And I, and I set this stage only because at some point, every single athlete, regardless of gender, sport, position, level you play at is going to go through this identity crisis. 
right? Where they're, they viewed themselves as this athlete and they had to build that armor around themselves, right? Where especially for, for you at Clemson, national championships, pro aspirations, right? Um, you have to build that armor around yourself to get in that zone to perform day in, day out to be able to do all that, right? So you you had to go through this and still be around the guys and all that kind of stuff. So it had to be extremely difficult. But I, I say all that because everybody processes this and everybody goes through it. And and so I, I'm just I'm really excited to dig into all of that. Uh, because I always t- tell people, I think NIL is helping force athletes now uh, to deal with that life after sports earlier, right? And in a different way than you had to, right? So I'm just, I'm super excited your thoughts on that. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shut up and I'm just going to ask you, you know, walk me through that emotions of the challenges that you went through, right? And then the second part, and if, if NIL were available to you, Right at that time, because you you came up and NIL wasn't uh, it wasn't allowed and and all that sort of stuff. It wasn't active at that time. Do you think it would have helped you through that process, and or would have accelerated you figuring it out who you were outside of sports? So I'm going to answer that backward forward. So to answer that question, I would not have been prepared if I would have received the financial compensation that I didn't know what to do with the money or the things that how all that works, if I would have received that on the front end. So if I'd received that going into college, I think my mindset would have been, I've made it, right? Like, because just like anybody, right? Like sometimes we set our price too low, too early, right? And I think with NIL, what it does is it separates your heart and your mind and your intentions. Because a lot of times you have people pulling you in all different directions. Family pulls at your heart, the media pulls at your mind and your attention. And then while all that's going on, you constantly are trying to keep up with everybody else around you and compete, like you said, with your peers. And so for me, you know, just to kind of spin it back, when I was in the position that I was in, you know, obviously seeing guys that were right here with me and behind me now surpassing me, having that opportunity to go to the NFL, I'm helping them develop every day. I'm helping coach these guys every day, right? And I was just in the position to receive my payday in like six months, right? And so now I've missed my window and it's not about me anymore, but it's about other people and building my value through how I serve and add value to other people, right? So the whole perspective shift of everything coming around full circle happened in that moment for me. And I think if NIL was a thing and I was able to benefit from NIL once I got to Boston College and went on the tour run, you know, doing ESPN and Joe Rome shows, New York Times, the Boston Globe, all these things, maybe if I would have had this book written and handy, or maybe if I would have had education and knowledge from someone such as yourself, you know, a third party outside of the university to consult with and kind of help me organize my thought pattern, I would have probably been able to blow up. But was I ready for that, right? Because you have to grow up before you blow up. And so I think a lot of times, like, 
you're looking at NIL as a quick fix to a long-term issue or problem when the reality of it is, is you need to deal with yourself first, understand who you are before you know what your true value is and before you receive, you know, basically the fruit, right, that NIL yields to you once you've gone through that process of proving your value and your worth. Yeah. I mean, man, tons of nuggets in there, but I love that you have to grow up before you blow up. Right. And, um, and I think, you know, it could be, you could, I mean, two things can be true at the same time, right? Um, NIL can be forcing some of these kids that now that uh, they didn't come from a whole lot or, uh, but now they have some money. And so, now they're, you know, uh, maybe it gets to their head and, and uh, you know, the heart and, and keeping up with their peers and they figure out, hey, maybe this football thing wasn't so important or or at the same time, it gives people a taste of it and thinking, start thinking bigger for uh, for what they they can uh, achieve. Like you said, you know, elevate your your mindset and what your worth is. Absolutely. Um you know, I think one of the things that people fail to realize, especially when it comes to NIL, is that before that young student, student athlete, scholar athlete got to the university, they already were somebody, right? And then when you come to someone's university, you know, my, my college coach used to have this saying, and he's now with the Cincinnati Bengals as their defensive line coach. He used to go Clemson first, then you, and then me in that order. He was like, understand that this is a business. So even though you may think that you have so much to offer this university that they haven't seen before, you're sadly mistaken because guess what? They're going to print money regardless, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so while you're there and you're reaping the benefit of your name, image, and likeness and the university also positioning you as a brand ambassador for the university, you have to think about the longevity of the relationship that you're building with the people who are helping support your growth, your elevation, right? Like, because you don't know where these individuals may end up, right? And if you're not treating them correctly, or if you're coming in with the spirit of entitlement, like you're owed something, which is what a lot of the recruitment process is now is like, I want my money up front. Like, okay, first round draft pick, right? Like, I mean, everybody <laughs> yeah. wants to be a first round draft pick now. Like, everybody wants guaranteed money in their contract. And it's like, whoa, 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 relax. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of what's going on is, is not real. It's kind of false. Like, it's, it's put out there as though everybody's doing it, right? At this level, at this specific level. But the reality is, is like, I mean, not everybody is able to benefit because they might not be in the same market as this person versus that person or, you know, all these different outside factors and things that come into play. Right. And yeah. at the end of the day, your university is the gatekeeper. Right. And so you have to understand. Right. Like you're not going to ever come before the university that you attend. I promise you. Um, and that's where I think a lot of people, they forget. Right. Like oh, I'm bigger than you. Wrong. You're not. You're just not. Right. Yes. 
Yeah. I love that. The the longevity of the relationship, right? And and I must sound like I'm doing a commercial for Clemson now. Um, and I promise you I'm I'm not, but being around you, being around the team, um, and and some of the guys that have played there, uh, I I think what Coach Sweeney has done is is the culture of what he created, right? Um, and it, you know, I say him, he gets the credit because you know, he's at the top of the, of, of the food chain there, but it's everybody that, that came along, bought into it, but it's that, you know, we're going to help each other out. We're here for each other and it's beyond football. And, um, and, and it's the focus of while you're there, even with some of the stuff they've done on the NIL front, um, the branding studio and all that type of stuff, it's, Hey, what can we do to pour into these guys so that they are, that they're creating a life, a personality outside of sports. And at the same time, we want to get the most out of them on the field. Right. Absolutely. Like I said, is it comes down to what have you done for me lately? Right. And that's on and off the field. So think about it this way. If you're a guy who is a character guy, high integrity guy, um, you have value to add to a team. Now it may not necessarily yield you a scholarship, but it may yield you a spot on the team that affords you the exposure with the brand to be maybe a walk-on or a considered rotational scholarship guy. Like if scholarship come available for a year or a semester, you might be able to benefit. So I think there's different ways to get exposure to the brand and you don't just necessarily have to be um, a scholarship, blue chip, high talented. I think like people miss the fact that like there's still other aspects to add value to a program, to a team that helps the long-term result, which is winning championships, boosting, you know, team APR ratings. And then afterwards, right. Cause there's always going to be an afterwards or a to be continued. You go out into life and you become a CEO of a company. Or you become, um, you know, a, a, a president of a university or something one day, or even a head coach like Coach Sweeney, you know, and his story from going from a walk-on, you know, to now a two-time national championship head coach, right? So, like, I mean, there's so many different uh, paths um, that you can you can take, I guess, to get to your level of success. I mean, NIL is, I think, forever, right? Yeah. I think I don't think it stops. Like I think it constantly keeps building and compounding interest keeps coming in. If you're, you know, sowing the right seeds. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So Richard, you were you know, at the tail end of your college career, right? When NIL went live, but you were still around football and the guys so what was your reaction and what was their initial reaction to NIL? And what were some of those conversations that you guys had with, you know, to try to take advantage of NIL at the time? I think it was the wild, wild west. And in some cases it still may be, but I think initially no one had planned for worst case scenario or, you know, a, a, a temperature shift, right. A shift in the climate. Um, and, what accelerated that, I think, you know, was COVID happening, 
Um, and for me, you know, I think a, a lot of people may not have been able to accept the change. Uh, maybe had there not been that little period where we didn't even know if there was going to be football or anything going on. And then all these changes just started happening. So I think like behind the scenes, this has probably been something in the works. And then the time period in which everything took place, if you kind of like study it the way I studied it, it was like, we better do this now or this may not work. Like we might as well incorporate this and kind of push this through. And then yeah. some people were like thinking like, wait, is this real? Like, how do we approach the conversation? Cause like at first, right. You were not even allowed to really talk to a student athlete uh, or a prospective student athlete about NIL um, or really even like coerce them or, or entice them into doing any NIL activities because that was a breach, right? In 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 the um in the NCAA bylaws. Yeah. And most recently made an update to it, I believe, a couple months ago, right? And that kind of opened the gate as far as like being able to incorporate educational programs and things like that. So mind you, this is a whole year and a half into NIL before even really being able to sit down and educate on NIL. So NIL's been taking place behind the scenes for years, then it just automatically comes to the forefront, right? And now everybody's looking at it like, whoa, what is this? And it's like, you should have seen this coming, right? But yeah. Everybody wasn't necessarily prepared for worst case scenario, which is there really is no rules. It's state to state. There's no federal mandate on this yet. There's no consistency across the board. Everybody's pretty much, you know, drinking from a water hose, trying to figure out you know, what's our plan of action to gain control over the uncontrollable, which is right. young men who are impressionable and are 18 to 22, 23, and they're going to make decisions with or without your help um, at this point. And that help could be positive or it could be negative. Sure. You know? So I would say if, if I were to go back in time and have had an opportunity to engage with it, and versus being on the outside now with more perspective that I probably I probably would not, again, have made all of the best decisions because just the lack thereof of connection with being able to have those conversations. Right. You know? Well, and, and and you've already alluded to the fact that you in your head, you saw that there was you felt like there was just a small window of opportunity to take advantage of it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so if if so, if we are able to um, actually, you know, this is where I want to go with this one. If you had to create a short list, right, you of, of Clemson heroes, right, guys or girls uh, that you that they saw the NIL opportunity, they went after it. Uh, who would be your top two or three and, and why? Why do they make the list? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think right now. Um, the way NIL is structured, some college players that are currently playing in college are going to make more than they will, or they might even have an opportunity, if they have an opportunity to play at the next level. And I think most recently, some of the case studies here at Clemson University, um, you know, the Darian Renchers of the world, the Will Shipleys of the world, you know, are those two that come to mind immediately because the running back position is a marquee position at Clemson University. 
obviously you've had the Trevor ETNs, you've had the Wayne Gallmans, you've had, you know, some very key running backs. And so you look at the position as a whole and the value that it brings to the program and to the team. And you have a walk-on guy who is, you know, not necessarily um, on the field, maybe as much, but still had just as much impact as someone who was on the field. Then now you're starting running back, who's pretty much the face of the team, who's leading the way. And, you know, Will Shipley is obviously very talented. It has all of the intangibles. But at the end of the day, right, when making that transition to the next level in the NFL, um, he's a marketable guy in college, you know, and that may not necessarily be the same case in the NFL or it may or it may be. Um, the verdict is still out, but I know that he's benefiting and he's doing it the right way. And he's doing it in a way that, you know, it's it's definitely noticeable that he's engaging in that space, um, you know, and he's he's leading the way in a positive way and making impacts, you know, um, and giving back with it versus just receiving. So, you know, I think those are two guys that when you think about it, I mean, they're they're doing great things with with, with NIL. Yeah, and Darian, you know, he he took a really interesting. He may have been the first to to do this, right? Where where he developed his own podcast, and it, I mean, this thing was on fire too. I mean, it was, you know, part of it is, you know, he had all his buddies come on, and and you just look at the crowd he was around uh, on on the team, and you know, most of those guys are playing in the league right now. But but he was like he turned, you know, he it's almost like he developed uh, he developed the podcast, but found a talent that, and I don't know him, that maybe he knew he had or, or didn't know he had. And now it's, you know, it's kind of propelled him to some opportunities that he wouldn't have had, or maybe not have had as quick uh, after his post-football life. Absolutely. Absolutely. He took the moment of opportunity. It was, a, it was a lemon and he squeezed every drop out of the lemon that you could possibly get. And, you know, now when you're talking about, you know, how do you transition and utilize NIL for the long term, he's already built the long term platform because of the people that you mentioned that he surrounds himself with that are relevant, that are current, that keep his brand and everything that he's doing in alignment with the future that he wants to have. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, very smart with that in positioning and leveraging relationships. Yeah. yeah, and to me, and to me, that's the power of of NIL, right? It's it's the the activities that pros have been able to do, you know, build their brands, build opportunities for life after sports. Now, just now, we can do it sooner. And to me, that's really what what it is. And and you said it, you know, you have some where money is just coming to them, and then you have those that are out there searching for opportunities and and. And testing to see what uh, what they like, and and really using it for what I think it could be, right? Creating that opportunity for the long term. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Richard, you mentioned one of these guys already, but we hear debates all the time of what former athletes would be worth in the NIL space, right? So what do you think Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne would be worth? Well, if you're basing it off of their high school coming into Clemson, I think Trevor Lawrence, if you're looking at the data on the Arch Mannings of the world and the 
Quinn Ewers of the world, I think numbers would show statistically that he'd probably be above or right underneath a million um, in, in high school value going into college. But I think after winning a national championship your freshman year, I think that that I think that that doubles, right? Like your value in being a Heisman uh, candidate like Trevor, Tr- Trevor and Travis both were in terms of the caliber player. I think Travis's initial evaluation for NIL would have been lower coming out of high school because he wasn't maybe as like publicized and all these things. But I think immediately after his freshman year, going into his sophomore year, that his value would have doubled and tripled as well. Um, Somewhere shy of or close to under a million um, for sure. Here's a, here's a, you know, that that's a good question, Chaney, because, you know, let's, I mean, those are two offense guys on offense, right? And we all know that the guys on offense get all the, you know, they get all the, the publicity and the clippings and all that kind of stuff. But, but talking to a defensive guy here, the real, the hard, you know, right? I mean, it's all done. The defense carries the team, right? Um, so we have offense and we have defense and you have some guys that are getting deals, but you could have, and I say all that, you know, jokingly, but but you could have where you've got guys on the other side of the ball saying, well, why is he getting this money and all that type of stuff? How um, how do you manage the the and there's that's an argument, right? That you know it it creates a divide on the team. How do you manage all of that? And and is it and is this really an issue, or or are we just kind of thinking of possible issues and and making it bigger than what it needs to be? We want to thank our sponsor, Success Beyond Game Day. For many athletes, the last safe place was the locker room. They could be themselves and not be judged. Success Beyond Game Day creates a locker room community for athlete development. Partnering with individual athletes, high schools, athletic departments, college and pro teams on building their brands, understanding name, image, and likeness, how to get deals, and personal finance, all while leveraging a proprietary assessment that identifies core skills that athletes can leverage to create a competitive advantage all while creating an environment where athletes can connect to push each other to greatness. Check it out at www.successbeyondgameday.com. I think it's all about the approach, right? And the intentions of the players that are getting the deals. Like, so if I'm a quarterback and I'm getting a deal, you know, majority of quarterbacks will get a car deal, right? With local car dealership. And I know that, my offensive line, you know, doesn't necessarily get the praise or the flowers that they deserve, right? Because they're the big uglies. But my thought process would be if I'm at the table with the decision makers, I'm going to incorporate my guys at that table with me or in some way, shape, form, or fashion, see to it that they're able to benefit as well. So I think a lot of open conversations um, in terms of how to go about structuring deals and brokering uh, and having those negotiation skills, I think is very important because, I mean, if you're not an advocate for somebody else and you're just an advocate for yourself, there'll be no visibility for other people, right? It'll just be all about you. 
And then that is where the division is created. But it's all about the mindset shift of saying, you know what, like, I mean, if I'm able to benefit, someone else should be able to benefit. And that's how other people ultimately, you know, go from being unseen to seen. And then one opportunity may lead to the next because that person may have the personality that fits this marketing or sales opportunity. Because basically all it is is mass media marketing and sales when it comes down to if I'm a business owner and, you know, I might not have as much visibility. Why not utilize a walking, talking, leaving, uh, living, breathing organism to be a billboard for me? Right. Or for my business. Um, you know what I'm saying? And so I think. I think um, that is a, a very, very huge part in in what we're looking at. Right. Yeah, I think that's. I think you know, I never thought of it that way. So I appreciate you bringing that that angle up. Right. It's um, it, it's it's almost as if nil is there, and it would uh, accelerate or make louder a already you know an issue that's already there. Right. So if if it's the player is all about themselves and that's already going to be there. It's going to be present. NIL just might, you know, make that stand out a little bit sooner or a little bit louder. Uh, but if you have that, uh, that you know, the the quarterback or that high profile athlete that uh, is really about the team and and uh, and is that you know high character person, then it really shouldn't be. Uh, shouldn't be an issue because he's going to, he's going to give opportunity where there's opportunity. Right. Yeah. Very, very good. All right. So um, your thoughts on NIL now at the high school level, and we know what's being done in some, on some campuses from an education and support standpoint, but if taking that now to the high school level, right. Um, what type of, what one are you for? or against NIL at the high school level? And then what needs to be in place from a education and support standpoint uh, for, for these kids at the high school level? I'm totally a support, you know, because here's the thing. I think when you're in high school, you don't necessarily realize that the decisions that you make are going to impact you at 30, you know? So where you sign to go to college at is going to impact you at 30. And I don't think that everyone should be subjected to, you know, NIL is a bad thing, right? Because education is real. And once it's been poured into you and given to you, it's up for you. It's up to you to apply it. And so I think one of the things that needs to be done is practical learning, right? Like actual, like on the job learning. So all the things that we do at Clemson, as far as life skills, career development, community service, developing the holistic version of you through our Paul Journey program, that needs to be something that's implemented and embedded into everyone's curriculum, I think, at the high school level. I mean, regardless of affordability of being able to scale and grow a program and have it funded to the magnitude, obviously, that Clemson has it would be unrealistic. But some type of a, um, you know, encompass of financial mental, physical, spiritual component, I think is 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 needed at every high school. So as far as athletic directors are concerned, principals are concerned, they can be on the same page with how to help their perspective because they're not a student athlete in the college space yet, but they are in high school and they're already being thrusted into thinking like 
someone that should be in college because of the platform they have, put character development around them, put put that stuff in front of them, right? So like for me, yeah. right, like talk to them about what building trust and healthy relationships look like so that people don't trick them out of their money, right? Talk to them about drugs, talk to them about the hard stuff that they're going to be faced with when they have all this money or potentially whatever. And then everyone is around them, pulling at them, getting them to do things and peer pressuring them. Put the John Morant example in front of them. I mean, I have to say it, but the reality of it is, is somebody along the way failed him because they didn't prepare him for the success that he was going to have. And so everything and everybody in his infrastructure let him down and costed him well over a hundred million dollars. And so now we're looking at a young man. I don't know if he's going to be able to mentally recover from that. It's twice in one year. So that's, that's clearly a part of his character. That's clearly something that's embedded in his spirit. And along the way, somebody just pushed him through and didn't take the time to actually nurture and curate his image. And so when the world's seen him, they're like, oh, my God, he's a thug. No, he's not. He's a human being that's expressing himself in a way that might not be popular for other people. And the youth like him and they buy into him. So guess what? He's showing them that he's human. And the more we can do that and the more we can provide those real practical examples and have meaningful conversations stemming from them. I mean, we're going to move the needle forward. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, very well said. All right, let's talk a little Clemson football here, right? Um, what what do we look forward to this year? What's your what's the what are the predictions coming out of Tiger Town? So I just had an uh, uh, off the record conversation with our AD a couple of days ago, and I asked him what was his one word for the year. He didn't have a response for me yet. But I'm going to say the one word for this year for Clemson to sum everything up is a breakthrough. I think this year our team has been scrutinized beyond measure, right? I mean, obviously with the changes, quarterback, officer coordinator, all this stuff, you get so lost in the minutia of what Clemson football used to be versus what it is today. And I think Sometimes in life, we need to look in the mirror. And as a man, think if so is he. And so the DNA of a tiger, you got to earn your stripes. I think we've earned our stripes at this point. And that breakthrough is going to be shown, you know, in the changes that we made this offseason. We won't have to do a whole lot of talking. I think a lot of what we're going to do is show up and surprise people with, you know, the stripes we've earned. So I'm 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 looking forward to seeing this team excel, um, you know, and do really well. Richard, man, it's been so cool having you on the show. As as we're about to finish up our chat with you today, I want to talk Richard Yergen. Okay, tell the listeners what you're up to, and what should we look forward to this upcoming year. I'm on a mission right now to fulfill the vision of reaching over 100,000 students, teachers, parents, coaches, and impacting them well beyond human nature and inspiring generations to leave behind a legacy with how they 
one, live their life, right? So I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm an author, I'm a you know inspirational speaker, on and on and on, a college professor, all the titles, right? But how I'm living my life every day and the character building that I'm going through to live up to the standard, right, of all of these titles at the very highest level and to operate in a spirit of excellence, it's all to reflect God and the gifts that he's placed inside of me. And so I'm on a journey right now, right? Traveling around, book touring. The man is greater than the brand is out on all platforms, Amazon on my website. You know, all that's great. Speaking in schools, speaking in corporate companies, speaking at conferences, virtually, in person. I've been busy. But at the same time, I've also been growing and I've been healing and I've been in a process where I'm so thankful and so grateful for all that has been done and has been done for me, not to me. Um, and so, you know, just thankful for all the supporters, you all for sure. Um, you know, my first engagement back out on the road, you know, stopped and saw you all and uh, gave you all the full download. So, you yeah. know, it's, um, it's amazing to see the growth, you know, from then to now. And, you know, obviously we'll continue to, to, to travel along this journey, this path and see where it takes me. So tell us the man is greater than the brand, right? Because this is, this is, and I'm going to, I'm a butcher it. So you're going to have to save me on this one, right? I'm going to miss the tackle. You're going to have to come up behind me and, and wrap the guy up. So you're, you're taking all your experiences, right? Mistakes you've made and, and you're sharing that open, open book. And you're saying, Hey, this is what I would have done different. This is, and, and, you know, within the book and then within your speaking, you're saying, Hey, I'm still a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. What you see here is not, is not what came out of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I've been through good. I've been through bad. This is how I navigated it. This is, you can take some of these things and you can navigate the struggles, the trials that you're going through. Did I get it too close? I mean, to be honest with you, I couldn't have said it any better. You, 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 you need to be a spokesperson for me. I mean, I need to get that running on every social site. That's an ad right there. Thank you for the free ad, but yeah. We'll get you the clip. We'll cut it up and we'll send it off to you. Yes. The transition. From boy to man to king, from girl to woman to queen, it's a process. It took me 13 years to grow out of the little boy. I didn't leave him behind. He's still with me, but I leave him at home, right? So when I go and I go out into the world, right, you see the king, you see the success, you see the tip of the iceberg, but I take the process that I went through with me and I put it on display every day in this book for people to see that you see the end result or so you think this is the end. This is just the beginning, right? So like, I'm just now tapping into my true purpose, my true calling, my true NIA, whatever you want to, however you want to categorize it. Right. And so, you know, I thought a lot of things, but what I realized and what I know is true, I put it on pen and pad and I shared it with the world. Very good. Very good. So, if we could go back and we could give, you know, there's going to be a high school kid right now that's listening to this, right? And and if we could take, you know, two lessons that you've had, right? And and they're being bombarded. They've got NIL on their mind. They're, they're being recruited. 
all this type of stuff. And you could say, hey, do these two or three things, right? I wish I would have done this better when I was in your shoes. Learn from what I did. What would those two or three things be that could help them navigate to get to a place where they're on on the path that, that you're on? Don't allow your condition internally, your circumstances externally, determine the outcome and be your conclusion, right? So right now we're all working on what our conclusion is going to be. Basically, when we take our last breath and there's a condition, there's a circumstance, there's something that's stopping us, that's holding us back. You've got to figure out what that is. And nine times out of 10, I can bet it's you. That's awesome. That's yeah. powerful. That's powerful. Richard, tell everybody uh, how they can get a hold of you. Absolutely. If uh, you're looking to book me for any of the end of the year uh, speaking engagements um, or, you know, going into the fall or next year, I'm planning out already. Uh, feel free to email bookings at richardjurgen.com. Again, bookings at richardjurgen.com. Um, or go directly to the website, fill out the information form on richardjurgen.com. And we will definitely be following back up with you. My booking manager, um, you know, follows up promptly and um, we would love to, to service you all and provide you with hope. Awesome. Richard, thank you for spending some time with us. As always, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you you delivered here. Home run for sure. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on NIL Undressed. As always, every like, subscribe, and share is greatly appreciated.